0: Have your Bibles tonight. The book of Second Corinthians, chapter number twelve. Second Corinthians, chapter number twelve, and I want to begin reading in the sixth verse of this chapter. I will ask you to stand in reverence the reading of God's Word. Second Corinthians, chapter twelve, verse six. For though I would desire to glory. I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I want to preach tonight on this thought. Sufficient grace. God's grace is sufficient for the need. Sufficient for the hour. Sufficient for the moment. Father, I thank you tonight, God, for your grace. It was your grace that found me. It was your grace that saved me. It's your grace that's kept me. It's by your grace we stand here tonight. It's by your grace that we have hope of heaven. Father, I pray tonight, Lord Jesus, that you might hide us behind the cross and help us to preach the word of God to this thy people. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Now in the life in which we live, there are many wonders. There are wonders of nature, God's creation. thought about uh, the Grand Canyon. thought about Mount Everest. That's just a couple of them, but you see there are wonders in creation. There are wonders of science. I I see the immensity and the enormous size of the earth and of the sunshine, of the planets, of the galaxies, of the Milky Way. I think about the wonder of craftsmanship, such as the pyramids, the Colosseum, the, the Sistine Chapel, All of these pale in comparison to God's grace. There are no human words tonight that we have that could accurately describe the grace of God. It is indescribable. I like how John Newton, the former slave trader, put it after he got saved. He wrote a song and he called it Amazing Grace. And thank God that's still true tonight. Can I get amen? His grace is still amazing. When I see in this chapter, Paul's got an issue. In verse 8, the Bible says he prays at least three times. I believe outside of Christ that Paul was the greatest Christian that probably ever lived. And he had an issue and he prayed three times that God would take it away. And the Lord gave him an answer, but it's not what he was expecting. Now, God still hears prayer and he answers. He says in Jeremiah 33:3 3, calling to me. And I will answer thee and show thee great mighty things which thou knowest not. Matthew 7:7, 7, 7, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Matthew 18:19 That if any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done. Matthew 21:22, and all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, you shall receive. John 14, 13. Whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. James chapter four, verse two. You have not because you ask not. Abraham prayed, God moved and answered. Moses prayed, God moved and answered. Joshua, God stopped time for Joshua. Hezekiah prayed, God defeated 185,000. Elijah prayed, God sent the fire. Hannah prayed, God sent her a son. Paul prayed three times. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. I'd like to stand here tonight and tell you that every trial, every difficulty that you ever have, that if you just keep praying about it, God will take it away. But that may not always be the case. Tonight I see in the scripture, I see the sovereign gift. In verses 1 through 6, we see Paul having a heavenly experience. The Bible says in verses 1 through 6 that he was called up into the third heaven. End of verse 2, look at it. What is the third heaven? Paul also called it in verse 4, Paradise. Paul was called up. I don't know if after it, it was when he was left on the road for dead after they stoned him, but I believe that Paul went past the first heaven where the sky, the birds fly, past the second heaven where the outer space is and all the planets are, into the third heaven, the very abode of Almighty God. And it was so indescribable, Paul could not even tell us about it. I want to say tonight, maybe you have had a mountaintop experience Maybe there's been a time you lived in victory. Maybe you felt like he sat down in the car with you. Maybe he moved in the service. Maybe he met your need. Maybe he answered a prayer request, and God moved in your life in a mighty way, and you've had that heavenly experience. But in verse seven, he says, "Lest I should be exalted above measure." What about that? What does that mean? Lest I think more of myself than I really am. God allowed him to have a thorn. God will God will humble him by giving him a thorn in the flesh. The Bible calls that a messenger of Satan. Now let me just say this: were it not for the thorns that God allows in our life, we would think ourselves to be much bigger and better than we really are. It may be tonight that you have a thorn. You have a thorn physically. Maybe there's a sickness. Maybe you have a thorn in your family. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with your children. Maybe it's with a brother, maybe it's with a sister, maybe it's with your mom, maybe it's with your dad. Maybe you have a thorn financially. I mean, we all have thorns in this life. It was a humbling endeavor. And this thorn in the flesh, this messenger of Satan that was given to him caused, I believe, serious pain, a thorn. The the Bible speaks about a thorn and it's the word, it's Greek, it's scallops. S-K-O-L-O-P-S, scallops. This is what it means. It's a pointed, sharp, Stake. Mm. God has allowed a sharp pointed stake to come into your life which has inflicted serious pain. It's a thorn in the flesh. Also, He allows some spiritual pressure, a messenger, the Bible says, of Satan. It is to buffet Him. To buffet is closed fist, clenched fist, punch. And it is something tonight that has punched you right in the face. Paul said, Lord, I have a thorn in the flesh. Didn't say what it was. Unnamed, so it relates to all of us. But something tonight is punching you in the face. Something that you don't like. Something that you resist. Something that causes pain. Something that has inflicted itself into your life. God, listen to this. Paul said, Lord, I want you to take it away. Three times. And God would not take away what God gave him. Let me say tonight, the reason, I think one reason God wouldn't take it away was because God gave it to him. Preacher, you're wrong on that. Read the Bible. I believe there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. I believe God allowed that thorn in the flesh, that messenger of Satan to come. God gave it to him. God allowed it to happen. And God said, I want it to stay right there Because I want to show you my grace being sufficient in your life. May I say tonight, Paul looks at this thorn in the flesh, this messenger of Satan, Paul looks at it as a gift from God. A special, sovereign gift from God. Now when you get hit in the face with something, something you don't like, something which causes pain, you don't look at it as a gift from God. Number two, let us talk about sufficient grace Verse 9, Paul had prayed three times, and he was expecting an answer from God. And the Bible says, the Lord speaking, my grace is sufficient for thee. May I say tonight that God gave him a personal word. He said it is my grace. That's the pronoun. That pronoun is important as it refers to the noun of who it is. Whose grace is he getting? Is he getting the, the grace of the governor, the grace of the president? Is he getting grace of the king? No, listen, he's getting the grace of God. My grace is sufficient. This thing that's causing you pain. Maybe tonight there's someone that's breaking your heart. Maybe there's a situation you want God to change. I'm talking to somebody tonight. God said, I'm not We'll take it from you. I'm going to bring you through it. My grace is going to get you to the other side. God's grace, amazing grace, marvelous grace, matchless grace, infinite grace. God giveth more grace, and he's going to bring you through this hour. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. This grace is for you. Think about it. All of us tonight could stand up and say, this is what I think my my thorn is. And that would be a sad service to say my thorn is a sickness. My, my thorn is a somebody. It's a messenger of Satan. My, my thorn is a situation preacher there. And all of us could sit up here and we could have a vote to discuss whose stake is sharper. We could discuss whose thorn is bigger. Whose struggle is the greatest. Who's going through the most symptomatic event in their life. But no matter who you are, and no matter what you face, I need an amen right here, God's grace is sufficient. He's a personal God and he cares about you personally. Now, knowing that God's grace is sufficient, knowing that God allowed this thorn in the flesh, this messenger of Satan to come, he says, my strength is made perfect in weakness. So many of us Profess ourselves to be strong. We wander around here and we act like we're strong. Oh, I can handle it. And I can do it. But I will to say this to you tonight. You need to quit faking. You need to go ahead and admit that you're weak. Now, I'm just going to admit, there have been times in our life that you felt like everything was going so good, you felt like you could conquer the world. You felt like you could swing over hell on a wet noodle And shoot the devil in the eye with a water pistol. That's how large and in charge you felt that you were. Everything going your way, but you've got to admit that truthfully, you're really weak. I'd rather not be weak, but I am weak. Now think about it. Three times, he goes to the Lord. And he tells the Lord about his weakness. He tells the Lord about his issue. He tells the Lord about his problem. He lays it out before God. And God's choice was not to take away the thorn. God's choice was not to take away the messenger of Satan. God's choice was my grace is sufficient for thee because my strength, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Again, the word my. God is saying that i work better when you're weak. Now, he's no more God when you're weak or strong. He's still God, but he works better when you're weak. You take a lifeguard who's trying to save someone, and that person is fighting, doing all they can to keep from drowning. And the lifeguard tries to save them, but the more he tries to save them, the more that person tries to drown not only themselves, but drown the lifeguard who's trying to save them. But finally, when the drowning victim gets weak, that's when the lifeguard does his best business. He's no less a lifeguard than he was to start with. He just works better when the victim is weak. This is what God is saying. I will work in your life in a greater way, in a bigger way when you are weak. I manifest and I show myself greater when you're weak. When you go down, I go up. When you get weak, I get strong. When you get small, I get big. When you can't do it, I'll show you I can. When you are not, I am that I am. When you can't get out, I'm the key. When you have no answer, he's the solution. When you can't calm the storm, you'll find him to be peace. And may I say tonight, you wouldn't even know peace were it not for the storm he allowed in your life. You wouldn't even know healing were it not for the sickness he allowed in your life, you not no would it not know deliverance, were it not for the struggle he allowed in your life. The, the struggle, the storms, those, those thorns that came into your life, he allowed them to come to show you his power, his grace, and his mercy. Number three, and I'm done. I see some subsequent gladness. Now, when he realizes This grace is sufficient for thee. When he realizes God's strength is made perfect in weakness, Paul says, most gladly, therefore, while I rather glory in my infirmities. I have a question. Lord, how can I glory when I have a thorn? Lord, how can I be glad when I have the messenger of Satan attacking, persecuting my character on every hand. This is what Paul's saying. I'm looking at this opportunity with this thorn in my flesh, this prayer that's not getting answered, this messenger of Satan, this thing that's coming to pass, I'm looking at this as an opportunity not to get bitter, but as an opportunity to get better. I'm looking at this as an opportunity not just to survive, but to thrive. Some of you, you sit here tonight and you say, Lord, why is this problem before me? Why well, you touched their prayer request and you met the need and you heard what they had to say and you met the need and, and you may say, so-and-so's having a baby but I can't even get pregnant. So-and-so's getting married but I've not even met my future spouse. So-and-so got a healing but I've still got sickness. I heard about so-and-so's wayward child coming home and mine's still wayward. God, Where are you at? Get this in your mind. God is trying to teach you to be glad in the Lord rather than being glad in your circumstances. May I say it again? God's trying to teach you to be glad in the Lord more than just glad because your circumstances have improved or changed. The word here is, most gladly therefore will I... Rather, glory in my infirmities. I rather, that means I have a choice. Paul saying, I could gripe or I can glory. Which do you choose to do? Let's let your wife testify. Let's let your husband stand up and talk about which you choose to do. Do you choose to gripe or do you choose to glory? Paul said, I've decided and I have chosen rather than gripe, I'm going to glory. I'm going to praise God anyhow, anyway. You're going to find out the more you gripe, it will not change your circumstance. He just gets you more upset and more bent out of shape than you already were. And you may say, oh, Preacher, Darren, you're acting like my thorn is not a big deal, honey. It is a big deal. God Gave you that. But the reason Paul could glory and the reason we need to glory when we have a thorn, when we have a message of Satan is we understand who allowed the thorn. We understand the purpose of the thorn and when we do, we can praise him for it. I found out, this is what I found out, that God will give me more grace when I glory than when I grope. Read it again. My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. I'd rather praise him than pout about it. That's what Paul's saying. How we doing so far, church? Look look what he says. Most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my my infirmities, comma, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Let me say this. Preacher Darren, I'm weak. I've admitted I'm weak. Preacher Darren, I'm struggling. I've admitted I'm struggling. Now where's God at? You come to the altar. God, I'm weak and you're strong. Lord, I'm struggling and you're the solution. God, would you help me? Let me just say this tonight. Just because you admit you're weak or you admit you're struggling doesn't mean that God comes through. It may take a little bit more than that. It may mean that when you start glorying in the infirmity, that's when you experience more grace. Well, that's deep. May I say this tonight? Your struggle with trials, finances, health concerns, emotion, and memories, your struggle, your weakness, they've not changed your God. He's still on the throne. God is just as capable. God is is just as competent. God is just as compassionate as he's ever been. God is just as gracious. God is just as great. God is just as good as he's ever been. But when you glory in him, the power of Christ rests upon you. Just because you admit you're weak, just because you admit you're struggling, that doesn't bring it. But when you start glorying, in your infirmities, that is when the power of Christ begins to rest upon you. You need to see this thorn, this messenger of Satan, as an opportunity for you to praise God and and to glorify His holy name and in that God will give you grace and in that you'll see the power of God to get through it. The thorn may not go away, the messenger may not be quiet, but you'll have grace to go through it all the way. He says in verse 10, therefore, because I know who, who allowed the thorn, because I know that when I praise him in this time that his power rests upon me, because I know these things, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Preacher Darren, this just does not make sense. <laughs> You're right, it doesn't. But Paul says, I take pleasure in my infirmities. That means sickness. I take pleasure in reproaches when people reproach me and make fun of me. I take pleasure in necessities when I have bona fide needs and struggles that I cannot meet. Paul said, I praise him in it. He says, I do it in persecutions when people have attacked my character. I do it when I am in distress for Christ's sake, when I'm left alone, when I'm defeated, when I'm dejected, when I'm doubted out. That's when I praise him why he says I'm going to enjoy enjoy the problem for Christ's sake for when I'm weak then am I strong Paul says he's still worthy and his purpose is still worthy in my life God says this is another opportunity God has given to me to be weak and I already am and this is another opportunity that God has given me to praise his name that the power of Christ may rest upon me and that I might be strong I had prayed for some time for my wife. Sick, couldn't get up, couldn't move, problems, pain, issues. I was praying, God heal her. God, take it away. God, take it away. We went to the doctor, went to the doctor, went to the doctor. find the doctor came back with the MRI and says, she has multiple sclerosis. No healing in this life. It'll get worse. You just need to pray how much worse will it get. Some is very aggressive. Some is semi-aggressive. There's going to be a lot of bad days. And I went right to the bottom. As a pastor, I would prayed for my wife. And now I found out she's got a sickness that will be with her for the rest of her life. That will affect her, the person I love most upon this earth. And I was crushed. And we walked out to the car. I, I couldn't hardly say a word. We walked out to the car. I got the car door for her. I usually try to open her door. And I opened it and I just looked at her. And I said, honey, I'm so sorry. What does this mean? She put her finger up in my face and she said, I'll tell you what this means. It means that God has chosen me to bear this for his glory. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities. I know the power of Christ will rest upon me to get me through this and I'll use this to praise him with. And she sat down and I slammed the car door. And I walked around the back of the car and I went well, there you go, preacher. (laughs) Who would have imagined that? And back in those days, I had borrowed someone's, I think it's called a Tom Tom because we couldn't afford anything like that just so I could get to the hospital and find where I was going. And I I didn't really know how to get back out of that place. And I hit the home button and you know what it did? It fried (sighs) right before me. It wasn't even mine. That was the worst part. It fried before me. It scared me so bad. Sparks and smoke flying out of it and smelly stuff. I rolled down my window and I threw it out into the parking garage. It bounced, 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 bounced. Immediately I looked and thought, now what am I going to do? God said, this is a bad day, isn't it? But you need to quit trusting what you see and what you hear. And you need to start trusting me. I will bring you through it. My dad had had surgery. He'd been in the hospital 30, 35 days. And I seen him. He was laying there. He's weeping in pain. My, It's my daddy. I mean, a godly, meek, humble man. I Listen, I lived with him. I grew up with him. He would go in the next room and pray before he whipped us that God would take his anger away. He's just really that kind of man. I pray too that God would take his anger away. <laughs> but, but, He's laying there in pain. I said, Dad, I'll go get the nurse. I'll go get a doctor. Dad, I'll do whatever it takes. And he grabbed my coattail and he said, Son, stop. Realize with me, I'm not weeping because I'm in pain. Yes, it hurts. I'm not weeping because of the problem. Yes, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm weeping because God chose me to bring Him glory through this event. And what I honored is to praise Him in this time of my necessity, in this time of my problem. I saw God raise my daddy up from that place after my dad began to glory in the middle of the problem. Back in the early 70s, my grandmother on my daddy's side, she'd come home with us. I didn't understand all about it. I was just very young, but I remember them saying, Grandma had cancer, stomach cancer. Six months to live, they'd do all they could to extend it. They gave her cobalt treatments. How many of y'all remember that? They gave her cobalt treatments. They took her stomach out and, and the half of it that had cancer, they threw it away. And the good part, they turned it inside out. I didn't know you could do that. And put it back in there. And they said, maybe we've extended you another month or two by these surgeries and by these treatments. But six months turned into a year. And she praised God every step of the way and glorified God for the thorn in her flesh and the messenger of Satan. She'd hear the, the doctor say, you got another month, you got three months, you got six months, that's really all you got, the messenger of Satan. And it turned into a year and it turned into 10. The woman lived over 40 years. It just don't make sense. Tonight you're going through Something. And you're wondering how God would have the nerve to put you through this. Quit trying to figure out a supernatural, sovereign God. I want you tonight to humble yourself and say, God, I accept the thorn, the messenger of Satan as God's gift in this life. And God, I'm gonna glorify you. As I embrace this, I'm gonna glorify you and Lord, when I glorify you, it's going to result in gladness. Rather than being bitter, you're going to get better. Rather than pouting, you're going to start shouting. You're going to start praising Him. May I just say tonight, church, as I conclude, that in my life I've been through some bad storms. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. You stand to your feet. Maybe there's somebody here say, "God, I want to praise you in this time." Lord, there's some things we're going through. I start maybe i have seen tonight why the prayer's not being answered. Why I'm dealing with what I'm dealing with? And God, when I start glorifying you, I believe things are going to change. Change inside of me. I'm not changing, God. I need to change me. You're coming tonight. You're coming. Our Father and our God, you're a sufficient God. Oh, you're more than that. Lord, I thank you, Father, for the problems and I thank you for the infirmities and I thank you for the persecutions and I thank you for the distresses and I thank you, Father, for these necessities, God, that are in our lives. Hey, Lord, help us to learn to start praising you and glorifying Your Son rather than griping and complaining about the pain and the issue and, 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 and griping about everybody else. Lord, help us, Father, to see Jesus in this event. Lord, I believe tonight that Your grace may not take away my thorn. It could. But You've chosen Your grace to take me through these events. And God, as I go through... I want to praise you. I want to glorify you. Lord, thank you for the storm. Thank you for the struggle. Thank you for the shipwreck. Thank you for the thorn. Thank you for the messenger. Lord, I give you glory tonight. Help us, God, that the power of Christ may rest upon us. For when we are weak, then we are strong. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Ooh, Lord of God.